Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop. It's Ryland Turner and Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you? I'm good. Uh, we got to talk about some wrestling today. It's It was an interesting episode of Rampage, to be sure, but uh, definitely worth chatting about. Well, tonight we we have a special show, Kyle. We are joined by a, a fan of the show and a friend of mine, Mick Hawley. Mick, how are you? I'm doing good. I, I can't say I think I'm a special guest, more of a uh, color commentator, but I appreciate it. <laughs> um, Kyle, we uh, we are on episode, I think, nine of season four? Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's where we are now. All right. Well, what do we do to start every show? Uh, we like to start every show by talking about the wonderful news of wrestling, even if there's not much to cover. This is the Wednesday Night Roundup. So we only got a couple pieces of news that we really need to talk about. The first piece, um, Rylan, I guess we're not talking, um, what, are, what are we starting off with this? With this? Uh, Darius? Darius Martin. Oh yes, Darius Martin, unfortunately. Um, basically, as soon as he's gotten back, uh, to be back with uh, his brother in top flight, Dante Martin. It appears that he's got another uh, leg injury. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the same leg, but, like, yeah, it, it's unfortunate because, like you said, he, he spent a long time on the shelf, and now it looks like he's spending uh, another long period of time on the shelf. So uh, it, it, he's tweeted out and said it's unrelated to wrestling, but uh, either way, rough go for this guy. Sometimes it's just one of those things, man. Like, this is a such a fragile part of your leg, especially when you are priming yourself to do athletic things. This, you know, you know how many, you know, football careers and, and basketball careers are greatly hindered by an ACL tear. And it's just it's just really unfortunate. And he was really starting to get going. I think he uh, top flight is just a really cool act in AEW, and I'm excited to see them get back into it when when he comes back. What's convenient about this situation is Dante Martin is I feel like already proved that he's a solid solo act, so I don't feel like these guys are necessarily going to lose a spot because he held his own while he was hurt the first time. And I feel like he has all the ability to do it again. I think it's going to hurt top flight, though, as a team. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, and I, I understand that. But, like, I guess it really depends on how long he's out. Yeah. Because they've said it's going to be a, length, uh, a lengthy amount of time. And I think it's another ACL injury. Is it not, Kyle? Yeah, it does appear to be an ACL. I, they haven't confirmed that yet, but it does. it looks like he's going to be out for... It's probably going to be the ACL tear is usually like nine months ish. Yeah. So that's that sucks. He's still very young. I think the thing about this this uh, team is if he can come back to you know be back to the te- to the way he used to, he was wrestling, it will not take long to heat up this team. No, definitely guys that are. You know, the perfect baby faces in two guys who just bounce around the ring and look fantastic. So our second piece of news, not much to say about this at this point, but it does appear that AEW's video game has released a name and 
there is rumor of a release date. Rallin, thoughts about is this is now um, AEW Fight Forever? I think I feel about that choice as as I do the same as I do about uh, the the pay per view coming in June as uh, title. Um, it's really on the nose and whatever, like that's fine. That's kind of like the AEW shtick, or at least the Tony Khan shtick. Um, I'm I'm excited that there's a, you know development in the game. I'm nervous about that release date though. Why? I I just I don't know, man. Like I, the last I heard that there was there was some uh, either disagreements or. Somebody wasn't happy with the other when it came to uh, Ukes and AEW, and I don't know if it was Kenny Omega or or what the deal was, but it just I'm nervous that like we're I mean I suppose it is still quite a bit away, but I, I don't know I, I guess to a certain degree I, I I'm just nervous that this game might come out and might not meet like 2K22 expectations. I don't know if maybe is that high is that yeah, high. If your expectations are 2K22, I think they've already said they're not going to meet that. That's not what they're trying to be. I think with uh, the the rumor that I heard, or that I read anyway, was that it's between Ukes and Kenny Omega. And Omega is like the the main guy for for AEW with the game. And apparently Omega and Ukes, their visions aren't aligning on what they want the game to be. So that's that's what makes me worried for if I, I don't know how far development's been along. I think they should really show us some more of the game just to get guys hype back up and everything. But a September release date, I don't know. I'm I'd like to play it in September, but I'm nervous that it's gonna suck. <laughs> Ultimately, I think because it's not the big thing is that it's not gonna be 2K. It's not gonna have the polish, it's not gonna have that level of and the career mode's not gonna be that. Like we're not we're we can't right. ask for that uh, level of detail in this type of video game. However, if you're talking about um, basically all they need to do for me, put together a fun control scheme, make it a little bit uh, more pick up and play, <laughs> and you know, make it look decent like it doesn't need to be perfect it just needs to look it needs to look decent and play fun i i actually like the art style what they've shown so far with like darby allen and jungle boy i think it actually will look really cool it's, yeah. it's definitely unique like it doesn't have to be 2k it doesn't have to have like the super mega graphics and that's basically what they've been saying it's not going to look that pretty and it doesn't have to like i said i just I, I just hope it's good i think it's like one of those things that like 2k22 is a very good simulation game to the point where I don't need this one to be a simulation game. I just want it to be fun. Exactly. Like, ideally, it's the type of wrestling game I can pick up and play with like non-wrestling fans and still be able to have a good time. You know what I mean? A party wrestling game. That's that's kind of interesting. Like a Mario Party, but in, in the wrestling world. Well, the problem is that like I know Battlegrounds tried to be that, but aside from being a microtransaction mess, it also just didn't look that fun. I don't mean, like, when I say arcade I don't mean that. I mean, like, grounded in some level of realism, but, like, you know, still easy to play. Right. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, so that's what we have for news. 
Rylan and Mick, would you like to talk about the AEW Dynamite that was? Sure, sure, definitely. Um, where were we from this week, Mick? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That's right. Pittsburgh. That's right. That's right. That's uh, right. We had our opening match, CM Punk versus Dustin Rhodes. Now, uh, me and Mick were talking about this uh, before the match started. Uh, this match, before anything else came, had all the potential to steal the show. And I don't know about you, Mick. Would you say it did? I, I still think it was the best uh, match on the show that started out. I just, um, I, like, I didn't think it was a super, there wasn't, like, super speed through it. There was nothing, like, special. There was no, like, razzle-dazzle. It was just a good wrestling match. It was technical. It was sound. It just seemed like everything was put in place. Uh, it was a good opener to get the crowd pumped. And ultimately, people saw CM Punk in the first match yet again. And it seemed to work. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, at the beginning of the match, they shook hands. Uh, Dustin and Punk go back and forth. Uh, they they used a lot of tr- chain wrestling for the first like three five minutes. Uh, Dustin then starts to break down Punk's, Punk's arm and goes for a crossbody on the outside, but Punk dodges. Uh, Punk went then after Dustin's leg and uh, worked it over for quite a bit of time. Uh, Dustin Rhodes rallies back and gets ten fists in the corner. Uh, as he jumps down, though, his leg is obviously, uh, at, you know, after Punk's been working on it, been uh, injured. Uh, he hits a code red for a two count. And Punk then locks in the figure four. Rhodes is able to uh, reverse it. He hits the crossroads and a pile driver for two. And then Punk lands a roundhouse kick, kick which didn't look great, but like... I love CM Punk, but that roundhouse kick never looks great. That pile driver looked dirty too. <laughs> like it was not clean. It didn't land fresh, but I don't know. I just I it gave it more of a fight feel than like yes, a first wrestling yes. match. And I appreciated it. This whole match was very much so. Yes, these two guys are past. You know, I wouldn't say Punk's past his prime. I feel like he's maybe getting a second prime. I don't know if Kyle. Oh, I can already hear the laugh. <laughs> Uh, uh, you're you're underestimating how good Punk was in the ring in his first run. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, he so he lands that shitty roundhouse kick and goes for the GTS, but he can't keep him up. Um, but he does stack him for the pinfall in the win. Uh, this match was everything it was supposed to be. The crowd was super hot for it, and like it wasn't uh super like high flying crazy spot crazy match it was just a wrestling match and it was fantastic so and punk is such he is such a bret hart mark yes yes he came out in black he he played the heel for the match basically because the crowd was definitely on dust dust side. um but man i just i, I really got a good feeling a, a, after this match um and we we followed it up with a, a decent match but before that uh we're um, shown before you continue yeah uh, do you think Punk's going to be getting into the the Owen Hart tournament? Uh, no, actually, I, I should say before uh, anything else. Uh, after Punk uh, won the match, he was standing on the apron, and Hangman Page came out. They stared each other down, and this is definitely the direction for uh, Double or Nothing. The crowd went wild, and uh, it looks like uh, we're getting CM Punk and uh, Hangman Page. Kyle, your thoughts on that? Uh, on CM Punk and Hangman Page? Yes. I hope that Hangman Page gets the signature win. He really needs to push this title run over the top. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is not the time to be giving the belt to CM Punk. 
And CM Punk's job right now is just to wrestle people and have showcase matches. He does not need the title. So who who do you think takes the title off the page then? I have a couple thoughts about who I would like to do it, but I think the person to do it should probably be MJF. I want to see MJF with the title. I yeah, really I really do, do too. But I, I kind of feel like he should take it off Punk. I think Why? so too. I just don't. I don't. I just don't want to see the. I don't want to see the feud again. I, we just saw it. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to see like less than the feud. I don't want to see the match again. Fair enough. Fair the enough. match was good. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it, but it was a bloodbath, and you know. That's a feud ender. It should. Yeah. It, that's the feud should have been done. Yeah. No, I agree. I just uh, don't know who else top that match. I know. Especially technically, if you're asking those two to top it, I just don't know if you're going to get that. And I just don't know who else takes it off page right now. Yeah, I I I, I, I hear that. I definitely hear that. And I, I, I just cold. think that like with what's coming in 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 late June, um, or late July. Is it, is it late June or mm. late July? June. June. Uh, I just I feel like you might want the biggest name in your company with the biggest title. I and, and like that's a like that's strictly from a business side of things. Like yeah, I, no, here's the problem with that. Um, the problem with what you're saying is that Punk versus Okada does not excite me even a little bit. Really? But Page versus Okada does. I guess there is some built-in storytelling there because you've got the like the the phenomenal history of like Bullet Club, Kenny Omega going against Okada for the just the the amazing trio of matches six seven eight billion star matches they had, but then you sit there at that time Hangman was still with the with Bullet Club and right. still with you know working with the elite guys so you sit there you can kind of swing that into it. Uh, Page is now a face. Okada's the the face of their company. Like, I mean, I think it. I I kind of like it. It sounds like a good, exciting match. I just don't know if they can pull it off. And it's never gonna. It's never See, gonna here's be the Okada. Thing, though. If you have a champion versus a champion in this style of thing, uh, we're getting a schmoz finish. No one like Okada's not beating unless unless you have it built in that this is gonna be like a, a multiple time thing. Like, I, I feel like we're, st- if you have a champion versus, cha- I mean, the only, and, and that's why I feel like if you're going to do this, then go with the biggest guy. But like, and again, I, I understand yeah, that the biggest guy, you're asking him to pull off a match that I just don't think he has in him. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. You know, he, that's a match he wants, though. So I feel like we're getting it regardless. Danielson versus Okada would be fucking fire. Yes. Yes. I but feel I like think- we're going to get Danielson versus... Zack Saber Jr. Ah, uh, that doesn't interest me as much. Really? Oh, that 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 tickles well, my fancy. But we, let's we get should probably that. get to the announcement. Yeah, let's let's get to the, the next the next segment. So Wardlow is entering the arena and he's uh, greeted by Smart Mark Sterling and a bunch of security guards. He said that he's going to be escorted to the ring uh, by the security guards in handcuffs, um, and he's going to be in handcuffs no, no matter where he goes in the arena. Um, and, uh, he, he, smart Mark Sterling then says he's got a, uh, message from MJF, which is eat shit pig. Um, Wardlow then responds with oink, oink and walks away. Uh, this was h- hilarious. 
Like, and, and, and walking away in handcuffs saying oink, oink. Like, this guy has got the confidence of, like, oh, God, I can't wait to talk about this later. Um, up next, Blackpool Combat Club versus Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Brock Anderson. Uh, Kyle, this was... This was chaos. It was kind of all over the place. It, it was, was hard to it follow. Was, it was hard to follow, but and we don't like I don't have a ton of notes for it. But needless to say, like the Blackpool Combat Club are wrestling a style that is just fast-paced violence. That's that's what it is. Like there was tons of like great spots in this match, but like I will say, there was not any chain wrestling at all. And for a guy like Daniel Bryan to not throw any chain wrestling in this, it was weird. But like I will say, uh, number one. Um, Wheeler, uh, Wheeler Yuta has new tights and I'm digging it. It's, it's white, uh, with, um, like a blood trim. And I think the blood is spelling Wheeler Yuta. So that was cool. I'm happy he's changed his look because I feel like the, the colorful tights did not suit the combat club. Um, everybody is super over in this match. Like nobody isn't, uh, getting the crowd popping for everything. Uh, th- this match ends with Dante Martin taking the wickedest or one of the most wicked paradigm shifts I've ever seen. Um, and the Blackpool Combat Club go over. Brock Anderson took some pretty good damage in this. Yes. He yes. was hit in the ring posts very realistically. <laughs> yes. Um, what were your thoughts on Brock Anderson and his look? Uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't even know how old he is. I think he's probably like, is it late twenties or is probably mid thirties, early thirties. He looks like he's 45 and I think he's going to have that exact same look well past the time he's 45. If he's anything like his old man, I like the throwback to the old school wrestling. I just, I don't think the tights does him any, like the, uh, uh, the trunks. I just, I don't think it does him any favors. That's, that's fair. That's fair. He's an interesting looking dude. Uh, very much so looking like his dad, but like, with more hair than I think his dad ever had at that age. Maybe at that age. He's a pretty hairy dude now. <laughs> um, we cut to backstage where Adam Cole and the Young Bucks and Red Dragon are trying to basically regroup after everyone has taken a bunch of losses. Uh, O'Reilly says they need to turn things around, and he said he's going to do his part by qualifying for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Uh, Cole then says that they're unstoppable together, and he <laughs> then names them yeah. the Undisputed uh, Elite. Yeah. Um, come on. Like, come on. Like, that's 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 all I'm going to say. Um, he says he basically puts himself over as the leader. Um, he says they're unstoppable together. He tells the young bucks that they're, they're, their friends are gone. Omega's gone. Everyone's gone. Hangman's gone. Um, but Red Dragon's still here, and he's still here. And next week, they want to have an uh, open challenge, uh, 10-man tag match. Um Kyle, any thoughts on who, or wait, hold on. Have they announced yet who's going to uh, compete in this match? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll, I'll let you save that for later. Okay. Um, up next, as soon as I click. I just don't think the, I, it was kind of weird, man, because when the Bucks showed up, it was like, they look pissed off at something, and it's like, they didn't really get into it much. It's like, okay, they're just kind of there and they're they're going off and they're bragging about how well they're going to do it. And then ugh, that name, man. What are I, your thoughts on the name, Kyle? It's, it is, I'll get used to it. It's not great, but I'll get used to it. Uh, we get a promo package with uh, highlighting the Samoa Joe and Santam Singh, or yeah, the Satam Singh uh, 
feud, uh, highlighting um, him attacking the boys and Dalton Castle at Battle for the Belts, which brought out Joe with a lead pipe. Um, I don't know about this man. Like Kyle, like what do we what are we doing here with Samoa Joe? I don't know. I'm not sure. This is all Ring of Honor nonsense. I I don't I don't pay attention to this. <laughs> Literally, the best part of this whole video package is when they show uh, Sang sit there and using Buddy as a basketball, just juggling yes. his head against yes. the mat. Yes. He's driving Jonathan Gresham into the mat and just bouncing him like a basketball, and it was ridiculous. I was just like, if this was all of his physicality, it would be great. But unfortunately, he's gingerly throwing guys into the steps, and they're selling it like the Roddy Piper. Yeah, he's too green. As I said, he, obviously, he's a phenomenal athlete, and he's fucking huge. <laughs> but I don't know, man. That's, he doesn't do anything for me. No, it it's uh, – I don't – the love of giants in wrestling, I don't – I will never understand it. I just – it will simply never click with me. They almost all suck. Well, okay, that's 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 kind of a shitty take, I guess. It's not like they suck. It's just, I don't know. They're all just like the the big man wrestling. It's just kind of slow, lumbering. It's not, not a style of wrestling that I particularly enjoy. And by the end of their careers, there's nothing left. Oh, geez, like the great Kali, he barely stand up. Yeah, and he barely did anything. Like, it's not like he he was wrestling these matches that were you know like ridiculous like it's it's sad really like that we're, we're we're doing this to people but you you put the respect on the punjabi death cage whatever fucking thing punjabi prison match yes that's the one a death cage sounds way better <laughs> tony khan then comes out to make this huge announcement he introduces the president of new japan pro wrestling uh who comes out on the stage they shake hands and then we cut to a backstage promo with adam cole and he says that he's going to be the one to make the announcement. He announces that um, they're going to have Forbidden Door on, what is it, June 26th? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be AEW and New Japan headlining this uh, event together at the, uh, uh, what is it, the arena in Chicago? United Center. Uh, United Center, yes. Uh, this is the same place that Punk debuted, correct? Yes. Okay, so this is going to be insane, I think. I think the crowd that they're going to get is going to be ridiculous. Um, before we get into anything else, Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Fantasy matches for this? All right. I have actually – I was doing a little bit of digging just to see who I would kind of want to see uh, potentially go into some matches in this particular one. Um, ones that interest me probably the, the most, we were talking about Blackpool Combat Club. How about them versus Suzuki Gun? Ooh. Ooh. So who who in Suzuki Gun? Uh, Sabre Jr., Suzuki, and Lance Archer. They've they've yeah. they've all well, except for Wheeler. But they uh we got we got Mox and we got Danielson versus um Suzuki. Suzuki already. Yeah, yeah so yeah. like it makes sense. There's tie yeah. there, right? Yeah. That's that's not bad. I like that. Yeah, I dig it. Okay, I've got like one I said, of two I directions think... for Orange Cassidy. He either has to wrestle Toriano, yes. or I want the exact opposite in him versus Hiroki Goto. Oh! Cassidy versus Cheeseburger? <laughs> I, yeah, no, I mean, 
that would be Ring of Honor. Is he is he New Japan now? I th- I thought he did some stuff with that, but no, you might be right. Um, but no, but yeah, Yano. I, I think that's the obvious choice. Goto though, that's that would be hard hitting and ridiculous and fantastic. Kyle, good again, good one again. And I met. I, we talked about. I think uh, Okada to me. And Hangman Page is just too tantalizing a match for me to pass up on. Honestly, uh, if we want to, if we need someone, we need somebody in in New Japan to go over. I feel like Evil would be a good matchup for Chris Jericho. Really, that's yeah. an interesting one. Uh, what about Andrade versus Naito? Ooh, that's a good one too. But the thing is, I feel like Andrade. Uh, I'm trying to remember what this. I feel like he would be good to uh, be a part of uh, Los and Gober- Los and Gobernables, um in a match. But sure, I mean history. he was the original leader. And, and New Japan loves their faction fights. Yeah, they love uh, their stables, and AEW seems to be going down the same kind of road. Do we see this this card being a lot of stable fights? I think there's only was... a few. I think they're going to want to get a lot of people on the card, and that's a really good way to do it. Right. The other they, thing... They also, sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but like they also did that with the Noah show, and it was very poorly reviewed. So like my concern is that you're not going to yeah. get enough singles matches where you should, and we might get a lot of, you know... I feel like you only need a couple, though. I, I guess. I, 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 I guess with AEW, it's a bigger talent pool than Noah. With yeah. the Forbidden Door tag on it, though, like I think if they don't do these like one-on-one singles dream matches or even tag matches, but if they don't do like the the, the dream match Forbidden Door, this will shit will never happen. I think they're missing an opportunity. I agree, and I think that for me, like Okada versus Page to me is is such an obvious one. Um. I'm just trying to think of who else. Who else would they have? Like, they do have the U- U.S. title vacant right now, so they okay. could put together a championship match for that U.S. title. They could even start running a tournament. Like that would be great. You get interming- intermingling with AEW and New Japan on American television. I also. Even, sorry, go ahead. You could even do it on uh, on uh, New Japan World as well. I desperately hope. That stardom is involved in this too. Yes. Because if this is just a ma- a, a bunch of men's matches, I think we're missing something. We'll be missing something out of this. Like you know, Certainly. I want to see Siri versus uh, Dr. Britt Baker. I really want to see. If you want to give me a match, I want to see uh, Thelka and Jake Cargill. Give me that match. Yeah, I can see it. What about um, give Dante Martin a shot at uh, Will Ospreay? Oh, my They like their flippy shit matches. (laughs) Yes. That that could almost be Ricochet and Will Ospreay, man. I I honestly kind of think the Blackpool Combat Club is destined for the, what is it, United uh, Unlimited or whatever. What is uh, Ospreay's group? Oh, I'm too drunk to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember. Um, I but do. You know, I guess the other. I'm trying to think of the other pe- other ones I'd be interested in seeing. Oh, see, the only problem is like, because Omega probably won't be back. 
No, he's not even expected back uh, for, um, is it double or nothing? The the next big one coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's only a month prior, so. Yeah, so I don't know, man. It may he, be, like, if Omega comes back. Ibushi? Ooh. If Ibushi's coming, which he might not. Yeah, that's true. He's not really a fan of coming over, so. I don't know, man. That one's a hard one to place. Like, there's so many people that could, especially with the, uh, the honestly, I, it, it's not going to happen because they're probably going to do something with Red Dragon in there, but I think Kyle O'Reilly would have a killer match with Ibushi. Oh, he really could. Oh, that would be really good. But, no, I, I feel like what we're going to get is we're going to get, like, the Young Bucks, like a four-way tag team match between, like, Red Dragon, Young Bucks, and then a couple teams from New Japan. Yeah, probably. Just, like, a, a big tag schmoz. I think if we do get Omega on this show at all, it might be staring down somebody at the end. It's, it's going like to be Jay Okada White. It's going to be Jay White. Jay White yeah. could be another guy. Uh, Who would you want Jay White to face? I, you know what? Honestly, honestly, I'd like to see Jay White and Adam Cole have a match. I do too. I would too. But they're kind of being buddy buddy right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, but yeah. you could, you could, like, it's a long time till June. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, not yeah, really, yeah. but like, you could, you could start a dissension. Because they both, like, Jay White's the leader of the Bullet Club, Adam Cole's the leader of the Undisputed Elite. Like, you could have some sort of confliction start in the Who's in, the next in Bullet Club right now? Oh, I have no idea. I haven't uh, even followed Kenta, Japan in a while. Um, Evil's not anymore. They just kicked out the Tongas there a couple yeah, months back. Yeah, they're gone. Or a while uh, back now. So I think it's uh, the, the Good I'm Brothers. I'm just looking at it here. The current members of the Bullet Club... Are oh evil's apparently still there. Huh, okay. Uh, Bad luck, Fale, Chase Owens, Dick Togo, El Fantasmo, Evil, Ghetto, Kenta, Show, Taji Ishimori, and Yujiro Takahashi. And then in the U.S. version, Chris Bay, Doc Gallows, Jay White, Carl Anderson, Scott Norton. Scott Norton. <laughs> Bullet Club four 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 life. <laughs> Scott Norton, as of April sixteenth, is part of the Bullet Club. Yes, I I did hear that he was wrestling on a show. I I I haven't seen it, but I I've heard good things. So that there's that, I guess. But yeah, I it's feel like some combination of those guys, you could do a crazy match with Bullet between Bullet Club and you could do like Bullet Club versus X Bullet Club too. That would be good, yeah. It's going to be interesting, needless to say. Um, moving on from that segment, though. Uh, we have, uh, actually, Jay White was the one who came out on the stage, cut a promo, said that he single-handedly sold out the show the, the last time that New Japan teamed up with uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, this isn't about Ring of Honor or AEW. It's, not about the, uh, it's about the Undisputed Elite and the Bullet Club, and it's still their era. Uh, before uh, they cut to J2, uh, they also, t- uh, Cole said he was, he was, uh, wrestling Ishii next week. Yes. Or on Rampage. Yeah. On Rampage. Uh, was it on Rampage? Yes. Yes, uh, it was. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, okay. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, backstage we get, uh, Jade Cargill talking about her title match on Rampage. Uh, she's got Kira Hogan and Red Velvet with her from the baddie section. Man, Red Velvet is the fastest turning heel I've ever seen in wrestling. Like two weeks ago, she was a baby face and now she's one of the baddies. Final yeah, thoughts. Did, does, does she beat, uh, does she beat how quick Charlotte flip flops? 
I mean, no, but like that's that's. Um, she was because she was part of the baddies uh, when we last, I think, a couple of weeks ago, or okay. she, or no, rather, she was a heel a couple of weeks ago when she did her qualifying match. Right, but I think that was the first. But that was the first uh, time on TV I think we'd seen her as a heel because I think this switch happened on, um, on dark. Okay, fair enough. But, uh, match three. Yeah, uh, we the, don't watch dark. No, we. Do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Occasionally, lots of bunny, lots of Penelope Ford. <laughs> Wardlow and the butcher. Um, MJF cuts a promo. Uh, before the match, bashing Pittsburgh, uh, he calls Wardlow a nobody, uh, and he's saying that Wardlow is going to enter without any music. Wardlow comes down the <laughs> comes down the ramp uh, in handcuffs, and the crowd is just screaming, Wardlow, Wardlow. This guy is over as fuck. Got the Goldberg um, treatment. Yes, yeah. he's. It, it's absolutely the Goldberg treatment. He's been getting it for weeks, but like this was, I think, the biggest um, significant moment for him. Uh, they go back and forth, trading blows. Um, the butcher bites him. Uh, there's some headbutts thrown back and forth. Uh, they go out to the outside. Uh, the butcher is uh, throwing Wardlow into the barricade. They go back to the ring, and the butcher power bombs Wardlow, but um, Wardlow kicks out at one. Um, and then Wardlow just proceeds to powerbomb him, just like 67 times, uh, as usual. It was uh, the crowd loves it. it um, and, and that was it. Wardlow wins the match. After the match, he gets carted off with the security guards in, in um, handcuffs again. This was uh, this was good. It was right? okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think it was anything special. I think uh, Butcher looks great. I yes. think that, uh, you know, the... Uh, Whatever he's doing, diet and training wise, man, it's 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 working. Uh, he he and he and Blade now look like a much more cohesive looking team at least. So I don't know. At least you don't have the big old gut hanging over the uh, over the trunks. It's not necessarily a great look. But this match, pff, I don't know. I thought it was kind of boring, but it definitely served a purpose. And Wardlow is he's over. So I mean, that was always good to see him in there. They definitely uh, I noticed a little bit of trouble getting him out of the handcuffs yes. while he was getting in the ring. Uh, but hey, that happens. It still wasn't as bad as uh, Kevin Owens Roman Reigns. So, <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Paul Heyman, <laughs> you had one I'm, job, Paul Heyman. Uh, backstage, we got Eddie Kingston previewing his match with Daniel Garcia on Rampage. He tells Chris Jericho to watch closely, and that everything he does to Garcia, he's going to do to Jericho. What was the line he used? He said, and I can't remember something about how he was like, um, some people reap and some people are. No, oh yeah, yeah, some yeah. Some people yeah. reap and so I don't so. I, I just reap. reap. And, and the first thing out of my mouth was, whoa, he's gotta watch the uh, the way he pronounces that <laughs> enunciation, my friend. <laughs> it was it was. Uh, a badass line. Uh, apparently, Garcia's family's not going to recognize him after Rampage. Kyle, you're going to tell us more about that afterwards. Um, our our fourth match, uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Jungle Boy in a Owen Hart Foundation Tournament qualifying match. Um, this match was not good. I wanted to like it, man, because I, I, I like... 
Jungle Boy's great. O'Reilly's friggin' fantastic. And it was just one of those things where it just, it was a match. Yeah. It was there. It kept going on. You know, O'Reilly's doing some kicks and Jungle Boy's doing his thing. And then it just all kind of fizzled out and it was over. And we're like, that was it? Yeah. Like, that it, was the finish? It was like 13 minutes long. I feel like it could have gone like 8 to 10 if you're going to have this as an opening match. Uh, it just, I, I, I again, I, I'm with Mick on this one. Two great competitors. And they just did not match well at all. Uh, this match ended with a, what, knee off the top rope? Yeah, it looked kind of painful, just the way that we're... Uh, so O'Reilly went off the top. He dropped a knee basically into the small Jungle Boy's back, which kind of looked cool, but it didn't look like a finish. It looked like it should have been a two count. Right. So this match ended like that, and Jungle Boy rolled, rolled to the outside. Christian came out. Um, sort of looking disappointed at Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy apologized, and they went up the ramp together. And this Christian turn's happening, like, soon. I, I think you're right. I think this is the direction for, for Double or Nothing. And I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. Like, but, but that being said, do we get the titles off them before that, then? Or does Christian cost them the titles? Yeah, that could be right. that. That's that could a, be, that'd be a decent turn. But again, I don't know. What the hell do you, what do, you do with Christian after, though? Wait, I mean, you got Jungle Boy. I guess. For double or nothing, that's good. That's, yeah. That, that's a good match. Yeah. But, I mean... Jungle like, Boy go over? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um. So, yeah, that, that, that was that match. I, again, like, uh, it, it could have been great, uh, I feel like, but it just... I don't know what, what didn't work in that match. Uh, and, and I feel like I'm not the only one who thought that. I saw a lot of that sentiment online, too. Um. We go backstage, and MJF is talking about how the butcher didn't get the job done. Um, but there's plenty of money still up for uh, for grabs um, to take out Wardlow. This brings in Jake the Snake Roberts, who starts cutting what looked to be a great promo. It was it was going somewhere, eh, Mick? Yeah, and then it was just like, what? Yeah, what, what the hell is he trying to say? He, he was going he was going deep and, and and like I'm not I can't repeat the the promo. Just like it was just too wild. It reminded then, me of a Bray Wyatt promo. Yeah. It a, really did. Just because it's it had that dramatic feel. It sounds like, man, this is cool. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but it sounds cool. And then he just stops talking. Or, uh, no, Lance Archer shows up. Yeah, and he slaps the money out of his hand that he's been given by MJF. And he's like, fuck, okay, that was it, I guess. <laughs> that was the promo. <laughs> so next week we're going to get Wardlow and Lance Archer, um, which is, that's great. That's great. That's awesome. But, like, again, like, why are you bringing Jake Roberts in to get, like, slapped around by Jack, uh, Lance Archer? Like, come on. This guy is worth way more than that. Uh, I wish he could have finished what he was getting to because I feel like it was going somewhere. But uh, it was it was something. I think another one, Lance Archer and Wardlow, is going to be one of those matches that are either going to be really, really good or it's just kind of going to be there. Again, we go back to the it's the big it's the big men match, you know that uh, people seem to to especially Vince, they seem to love that that spectacle, but I don't know. I I don't know how Lance Archer and Wardlow are going to match up, honestly. The thing about Lance Archer is that man, he like he's so athletic for his size too. And Wardlow is too. I mean, let's yeah. just face it, right? And, and Wardlow's not like a super giant, whereas Lance is a little bigger than him, I find. It's just, I don't know, man. I think their styles are going to clash a little. I'm interested to, like, the match I'd be interested in is to see Lance Archer versus Keith Lee. I think those guys would match up well. Oh, 
There's a another, hoss another fight big hoss fight. Yeah, big sweaty men. <laughs> Slapping meat. Oh yeah, all you're missing is uh, Braun Strowman sitting there just yelling, controlling the narrative. <laughs> oh God. Hook Did that show happen? Oh, they they had a couple, and man, I I, I didn't watch it because I just couldn't be pissed for it. But reading some of the uh, the play by play, holy shit, it's cringy. Every time someone wins, they're like, whatever, winner of this match controlled his narrative. And it's just like some weird artsy shit. That's so weird. I I want to hear Cornette's review of it. (laughs) (laughs) He said, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Up next, we got Hook's Dynamite debut. His opponent, Anthony Henry. This was everything a Hook match was. He's got a couple of suplexes. He chops his throat a few times, and then Dan Housen comes out of nowhere and tries to lay a curse on him. I popped. Yeah, Nick, Nick <laughs> loved this. Um, and I, Dan Housen's great. Fuck it. Um, he then proceeds to lock in the red rum on poor Mr. Henry. Uh, Henry taps out, it, it, uh, like, immediately. And then <laughs> we get Dan Housen climbing in the ring and saying, what, like, if I can't curse you... Or, or sorry, no. If you, if, what did he say? So he said something was like, "If you can't be cursed, how about fight?" Or something. It was something like that. It's like, if Danhausen can't uh, curse you, Danhausen will fight. Yeah, you. yeah. Then you fight Danhausen. It's like, yeah, it was, it was good. It was he everything. Poked him in the chest, and we're getting Danhausen and Hook at some point. I want to see that match so bad. Danhausen has to lose. There's no way he beats Hook, but. They have to – Danhausen can't just make it a comedy thing, though. He can't just go and try to curse, get his ass stomped in, you know, a 30-second squash because Danhausen can fucking go, and he can go fast, and he can go – he's a really talented dude. He's a really good wrestler. If they don't show that, I don't know how well his leg's healing either. Like, I don't know if he's fully cleared or not yet. Right. So I don't know all the shit he can do or can't do. But like I said, if he just comes up, he shows up, tries to curse him, and then – you know, Hook slaps on Red Rum and it's one, two, three, or it's, well, I guess it's not, not for the Red Rum, but if he taps and it's over that way, you're like, okay, it kind of wasted it. It's going to fizzle out. Throw in the ass, boys, bring Dan Housen back for something, I guess. I feel like, I feel like they, they built it up enough that there has to be a match. It has to be like a proper match. Um, a uh, notable thing, uh, Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling were at ringside to watch Hook's uh, Dynamite debut. So, I mean, maybe there's something there. Maybe. I don't know. I like, I actually, I like the character of Mark Sterling, like, and I like his delivery, and I like everything about that kind of area. The AEW Tony Nese doesn't do it for me, man. It's He's just, he's not featured at all. Like, no. he got there, he's like, hey, I'm on Rampage, and then that was it. Literally, when it cut the crowd and they showed, I was like, Oh yeah, fuck! I forgot Tony Nese works for them. Like, I will say this: what there is a segment on Rampage, which I'll talk about, worth watching. Okay. Okay, fair enough. We go backstage, and Frankie Zarian is um, cutting a promo about how he wants the TNT title shot. He gets interrupted by Scorpio Sky. Uh, he says that uh, he he did something for him at a time in his life when uh, he really needed it. And his success wouldn't be possible without him. Uh, he then asks him to wait for a TNT championship match because he wants one for himself. He said he'll get the first title shot. Um, Kazarian says he's always had his back and he always will. And that end, ends the segment. 
Uh, we get a video package recapping Thunder Rosa going over an island rose and battle with belts. Um, and she vows to keep going forward. And he said she said that um, with her defense, that defense behind her, it's time to go on to double or nothing. Actually, Thunder Rosa versus Thalka would be great, too. Yeah, like I'm the one thing I will say about that the, the women in, in this match is, or, or sorry, that interview is I'm nervous that New Japan's not going to pull the trigger on that. If they don't, it would be a really great shame because there's too much great women's wrestling going on in Japan to not showcase it. Absolutely. Joshi wrestling is fucking incredible. It's amazing. If you've never seen Felka have a match, please go do it. Was trained by Io Shirai's sister. She's incredible. We get the TNT champion Sammy Guevara out uh, into the ring with Ty Conte, his uh, lovely girlfriend. They make out for a bunch of time. Uh, Guevara then goes on about how he loves the fans and he uh, he'll give them everything. Uh, a bunch of fans start to boo him as uh, you know as we're getting a lot with Sammy Guevara these days. Um, he wonders why. Uh, he, they're booing him. He asks him if it's because his girlfriend is hotter than theirs. That was such a great line. Uh, he, he's finally, it, it's, 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 it's official. Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti are heels now. I'm okay um, with this. Yes, so am I. I'm so happy they're not doing the fucking Cody Rhodes. Uh, I don't know if I want to do it or not. What do you guys want to talk about tonight? Like, fuck that. Uh, although I will say, Sammy Guevara, extra irritating on Twitter right now. He He tweeted out, I believe, two nights ago, Guys, should I bleach my hair blonde? Oh. See, that's, here's the thing about Sammy Guevara. When he came to this company, I said, and I stand by it, that he has the most punchable face of anybody in the company. And I think that's still true. I'm, I, actually, I'm excited. Him as a heel makes, makes, uh, makes way more sense. And the tragedy is that Scorpio Sky as a face makes way more sense, too. Yes, especially in all of this. My thing yeah. with Sammy, so I'm I'm a huge Sammy Guevara mark. I've I've literally, I've literally I've watched his vlog long before AEW was even was even a thing yet. So like I think I, I subscribed to his YouTube when he was at like 10,000 subscribers. So I've I followed him for a while, but the way he is on his vlog and the way he talks to the crowd are completely two different people. And I understand he's got to play a character and everything, but the way that he enunciates when he's on it, it seems like it's so forced and it's so fake. And it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't give off the same kind of vibe he has. Like, I think if he's going to go full heel, he has into the, the, the good old scummy, you know, sexy yes. God, Spanish God, yes. friggin' right. Other than just, Hey, I uh, think you guys don't like me because my girlfriend is hotter than yours with he, like such a shit delivery. Yeah, he has to he has to go back to being the heel he was at the start of the Jericho run. Yes. That uh, Sammy Guevara was a hateable heel. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh we get Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Dan Lambert out. Um Dan Lambert, man. No way. Every like why Scorpio Sky? <clears throat> I mean, why Ethan Page too? Because Ethan Page can actually talk and doesn't need a manager. But Scorpio Sky doesn't need this. It's exactly what we were saying when we were watching this, especially since Ethan Page sits there and lights up and he's got so much passion in his promo. It's like, why? And he, like, he just cut this amazing promo and then Dan Lambert continues on. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, go home. No. He doesn't need a mouthpiece. Like, he's the last person I would have said needed a manager 
And it has to be Dan Lambert. Oh, man. All right. What did he say this week? At least I don't have to watch him on Rampage. Jesus. Uh, Ethan Page first cut a promo t- saying how nobody in the building came to see came to see Guevara. Then Lambert chimes in telling Guevara that the youth is wasted on him. He calls him a high school douchebag, which, I mean, like, he's not wrong. Yeah, he's um, not wrong. <laughs> he wants uh, Guevara to give Sky a rematch. Uh, if he doesn't, he'll have the men of the year give Guevara the kind of pounding your girlfriend can only dream about. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> Dan Lambert. Jesus Christ. Um, then this is the weirdest part, too. So we get we're getting a match next week. We're getting... A, a ladder match next week, but fuck, did they ever not promote the shit out of this? I'll because see you in the ladder match next week. We're like, did he say ladder match? Yeah, the music was playing, like the, the segment was going, uh, was was finishing, like, and they also they challenge, they said we'll give you the match if you give us the mixed tag match. Yeah, they did not name Paige Van Zant in this segment at no, all. No, but who the I hell mean, else is it going to be? It, yeah, it's going to be her. Don't get me wrong, but like th- nothing. Nothing. You give us, we'll give you the match. You give us the mixed tag match. How long? We don't is, even know who's tagging with Paige Van Zandt. No, probably not. But it's it's probably gonna be. I I'd say it's probably gonna be Scorpio. Well, I guess it depends on who wins next week. I suppose, but I think that's probably the way they're they're pushing it because it's a, they don't seem to be doing a whole lot with uh, with Paige. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. They didn't really say much. What was going on? I'm just I'm kind of concerned that uh, Paige Van Zandt might not be ready for the ring yet. Like how she hasn't been trained for very long. There, there's that too. Um, Kyle, thoughts on that? <laughs> I don't. So here's the thing. <laughs> I will confirm that on Rampage, <laughs> they did say Guevara and Sky TNT Championship ladder match. Okay. All right. So like that's what I've got for you is confirmation that it will be a ladder match for the title. Between those two guys, that like in a bubble sounds exciting, but everything about this feud just makes this worse. I hope it's the end. Like I really hope this is it. They just keep repeating the same stuff. Like the TNT Championship run, basically since I guess since Sammy won it the first time and then dropped it back to Cody and then all this other. It's it's been kind of the same fucking feud. Yeah, it really has. Cody, Sammy, Cody, or sorry. Cody, Sammy, Sky, Sammy, back and forth, bouncing back and forth. I was like, man, dude, bring someone else in there, guys. Like, what is it? Like, Sammy now, I think he's the, like a, a three-time older TNT champion now? Yeah, I think so. And the belt's been around for like a year and a half? Two years, maybe? Like, The House of Black is cutting a promo. Um, I, I, more Bray Wyatt stuff. Like, poetic, beautiful language. I didn't, under, I didn't understand any it, of it. It was like tip. Typical, like, hey, man, I listen to metal music, and I like black stuff, and I'm, like, kind of goth, and, like, the sun's going to die, bro. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. It wasn't for me. Who's- I will say, though, um, uh, Brody King, fantastic. Yes. I completely underrated him. Yes. Who, um, if they were to get a match in Forbidden Door, and I don't think they will, who would you want them to face? That's where I put Evil Show and Yo. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be good. I'm just going to basically... My answer for everything is going to be Shibata. (laughs) (laughs) Just head bottom! (laughs) Um, 
next week the sun dies. That's that. That's the uh, that's the, the message that the House of Black was sending. Uh, we don't know who the sun is or how they're going to die. All, but he said what, he, what the actual line was is that he said Icarus flew too close to the sun. But next week the sun dies, and it's like, are you guys Icarus? Did you guys get too close to the sun? Like, we'll find out next week. That's the Who's point. Too close to the sun. <laughs> I don't know, but the sun's gonna die apparently. All right. Like I, it, normally I would be like, oh well, that's Cody Rhodes, but no, I guess not. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not on WWE. Right, <laughs> it's like, he's he's dealing with Seth Rollins right now, so again, so can't be him. Hmm. <laughs> Backlash repeat. Yep. Oh man, run it back. That's what they need to call it. WWE run it back. <laughs> Backlash. <laughs> WrestleMania again. <laughs> Owen Hart Foundation Women's tourney, Tournament qualifying match. Dr. Britt Baker versus Danielle Camella. The former Vanessa Bourne. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's who that is. I thought she looked familiar. Uh, how fast did she lose? Uh, um, not fast enough. Yeah, not fast enough at all. Like, I will say that. Like, the Pittsburgh, a couple of Pittsburgh Steelers uh, players came out with Baker. Uh, obviously, huge reaction. Uh, this match had a commercial segment. Kyle. Yeah, uh, just so that you know, one of them was Najee Harris. I didn't catch who the other one was. Okay. All right, fair he's enough. The, he's the starting running back. All right, all right. Um, yeah, this match went to, went to a commercial break. Uh, Baker eventually rallied back and got an elbow strike after taking some offense. Um, she takes Camilla down with a sling blade, uh, gets a super kick. Um, she eventually gets uh, enough momentum to hit the stomp and uh, make her tap out with the lockjaw uh, using a glove that had the Steelers logo on it. Um, yeah, th- this was, I want to say seven minutes, and it could have been two. Can, can, uh, I, can I just say that Baker has such a shitty curb stomp? <laughs> like, it just does not look good. Especially to the... Uh, they, they were showing a match where Moxley hit it. Moxley's curb stomp looked fucking amazing. And then they show, like, Britt Baker's. It's like, ah, uh, even Seth does it better. <laughs> In the post-match, Baker gets on the mic. Uh, she's obviously gassed from this match. Because she's just... The whole promo is just... <sighs> Oh, okay. Um, she's shitting all over the women's division, makes fun of Ruby Soho, uh, says that Jamie Hayter is going to uh, go over, um, what is it? What, what's her name? Tony Storm. Tony Storm. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Um, so much so that she's going to want to leave this company too. And then she just like shit talks Jade Cargill uh, for calling Pittsburgh ugly. Um she says she's the baddest bitch on the block and she's going to win the Owen Hart Foundation women's title tournament or women's tournament. It wasn't a great promo. No, it wasn't. It was, it was it, I feel like if you're going to cut a promo, do it backstage after she's had a few minutes. My my big thing was it is so like I said AEW's women's division is it's 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 good. Like I've I've seen some good matches like I said and I follow dark and everything else. Like I'm 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 invested into it. It still doesn't have the star power that it needs to have and having your Basically, you're still your biggest star. Sit there and run down the rest of the division. That's already kind of meh. Maybe not a great deal to do at this point, but I see where she's going. It's still part of her character. And it just she's, she was just like, like it was almost like it was like a work shoot, and she was kind of just shitting on everyone in that division where they they got fresh new signings, where they kind of want to 
build that up. And I don't know. I wasn't. They, a need, fan. To, they need to feature them on TV more. Really? Like, yeah. how many matches has Ruby Soho had on TV since she's been here? Like three? I don't even know if it's been that much. Uh, so I said she, she wrestles on Dark a lot. Same as the Bunny and same as Penelope Ford. Like they, and they, uh, Ty Connie was on Dark a bunch too. Yeah. Uh, Thunder Rosa was on Dark before like anything else before they were starting into their their big old feud. But again, it just seems like nothing of consequence happens either. They got to put start putting more female matches at le- at the very least, put it on Rampage, and then start working up to a little bringing them more in the spotlight to Dynamite because they actually do have some really good talented women in that business or in that division rather. But I'd they're say, just not like, doing anything. They probably have a dozen women who I am excited to watch wrestle every time I get to see them. They just need to put them on TV. Yeah, and they're just chilling and catering and waiting for dark. Uh, it's a shame. It really is. We get a video package uh, recapping the Serena Deeb and Hiroshida ha- ha- feud. Uh, they're going to have a street fight next week. Our main event, Darby Allen versus Andrade El Idolo in a coffin match. Um... This match starts, Darby Allen doesn't even get his jacket off. Mm. Him and uh, Andrade just start going at it. And then the Blade and Mark Quinn just just jump in the ring and start beating the shit out of Darby Allen. And, and it's very obvious this is a no-DQ match, but like I feel like they didn't even try to get any early offense in at all. Um, they go into the crowd, and this fan that's standing there with a the Sting mask on then pulls the Sting mask <laughs> off, and who is it? It's Sting. It's Sting. I mean, like, if there's somebody wearing a Sting mask, it's Sting. Come on. (laughs) But no, Kyle, this wasn't just Sting. This was Skinny Jean Sting. It was Skinny Jean Sting, and he kicked some ass. (laughs) This match spilled out to the crowd. This was crazy. Uh, There was a German suplex on the outside to Darby Allen that was just nuts. Uh, Sting, Sting threw Mark Quinn onto Andrade. And the blade on the outside, uh, I guess on the, like the second level, and yeah. then jumped off the barricade onto both of them. Both of us just like gasped because for- this was just a nasty. You forgot story. a very important part of that though. What's that? He took a good chair shot again, and he's like 63 years old. He got to stop taking those chair shots. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, and then he no sold it, which yes, is fucking yes, amazing. Right. He sold the he no sold the chair shot. And then threw Mark Quinn off and then proceeded to jump on all of them. And don't get me wrong, they caught him, but Christ, like, my God. His cheek hit the mat still. Like, yeah. it was, they caught him to slow him down. He still went face first in the pavement. Um, Andrade uh, carries uh, Allen back to the uh, ramp and tosses him down. Uh, he, t- he, like, hits him with, like, a fireman's carry onto the steel grating that was on the side. I don't know what the steel grating was for, but it had zero give. Uh, yeah. So Andrade just – or, sorry, uh, Alan just bounced off this, and his face told all the story you needed to tell. Ouch, that hurt. <laughs> yeah, like, just brutal. Uh, Andrade then gets uh, a stunner landed on him by Alan, which knocks him into the coffin. Andrade – or, sorry, uh, da- Darby Allen then hits a suicide dive. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, this thought, I thought Andrade died. Yeah, Andrade, like, almost lands ba- his back of the head on a inside a coffin that has tacks sticking out of it. Um, but it misses, thank God, and falls into the coffin. Uh, Allen starts to close the coffin. This brings out Jose, the assistant, who <laughs> just slaps 
Allen takes his shirt off and then is uh, driven into the top of the coffin that has the tax on it uh, back first. Uh, then Darby Allen throws Andrade back into it and lays on top of the coffin, winning the match. We go off the air with Darby Allen winning the coffin match and the Hardy boys on the apron, um, deleting Sting <laughs> and Darby Allen. I don't know what this ending was. I don't know if they were challenging them or just acknowledging that, hey, you guys, you guys did good. But this was the end of Dynamite. Delete! Um, delete! You uh, know what the best part was, though? Is that Jose the assistant ran down the ramp, get all gas and steam just to take a thumbtack bump. <laughs> <laughs> it cannot be me. Like, this company has gone to thumbtacks more than I would have expected. Oh, it's the Attitude Era, man. <laughs> so they're like, I think they've they've used thumbtacks more than Mick Foley did in probably three years. At least, at least they, at least they remember that the, they, they had the thumbtacks in them. Yeah, that's um, true. I'm gonna give this dynamite like a 3.5. I thought the opening match was fantastic with Punk and and. Did, did we, did we mention uh, how, how that ended? The, the first match with, with uh, Hangman uh, coming out. No, 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 no. So like the, just the way that um, Punk pinned. Uh, oh, he really Rhodes. stacked. Uh, <laughs> like, that was a deep, it. deep pin. Like, I'm like, I'm sitting there, I was like, fuck, even if Rhodes wanted to kick out, I don't think he could. Like, he was, he looked kind of gassed when he got up. It was like, Punk must have been, like, right on his fucking neck. Um, aside from that match, I, I thought this, this this show was just kind of there. Uh, I hope, Kyle, that Rampage was somewhat better. Mick, uh, if you're going to give it a... a, a more, a mark out of five. What do you got? What do you got for this title? I say, it's, like I said, it was still a good show. There was a couple of decent matches, and it progressed what it needed to progress. I think um, the biggest takeaway from this that we can get is that we've just got all sorts of fantasy matches to book between uh, New Japan and AEW. It's three and a half out of five. Okay, so we're both on three and a half. All right, it's my part of the show now, where I get to talk about the show that only takes an hour. <laughs> Also from Pittsburgh, it is our good friend Rampage with our favorite commentary team of Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, uh, and... Oh, no, Tony Schiavone wasn't on it. It was Excalibur, Taz, and Absolute Ricky Starks. And, yeah, we're kicking this one off with Adam Cole and Tomo Hiro Ishii already in the ring. Because entrances... Entrances are for Dynamite. <laughs> what an opener. Owen Hart qualifying match. This was a lot of strikes, a lot of very painful-looking strikes. First of all, Rocky Romero is there on the outside supporting Ishii, as is new member of Chaos, Orange Cassidy. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Anyway... Ishii's beating Cole around the ring, just all kinds of strikes and all kinds of chaos and crazy stuff early on. Well, not like, you know, chaos as in strikes that look like they really hurt. <laughs> they go to the outside, and Cole slams Ishii's arm into the ring post, which allows him to start getting the advantage. Back in the ring, Ishii no-sells some Cole strikes and then floors him with chops. We had a backdrop suplex by Ishii for two. They fight to the corner. Delayed superplex by Ishii for two. Cole 
tries to hit the boom. It's avoided. Sliding lariat, two count. Cole hits Anushi for two. Both men hit step up into Guri's back and forth as they both go down. At which point, Switchblade Jay White comes out, takes out Rocky Romero. And as Ishii is distracted, Cole low blows him and hits the boom for the victory. This was uh, a never open weight type of match. It was good. It was a lot. It was very physical. Not a lot of like flippy stuff for Cole, but you know, whenever you get Tomohiro Ishii hulking out of a super kick, that's good. That's a good match in my book. It's definitely a weird match. Like I wouldn't think that uh, like Ishii versus Cole would have never been one of my dream matches, but it was definitely. When he announced it, I was like, I'm interested in that. And yeah. It was, and it was, it was very much Cole coming to wrestle an Ishii match, but it worked. Uh, Cole ends up getting the win, of course. So then on the outside, security is preventing the Jericho Appreciation Society from getting in, which they're not allowed at ringside. I guess that means in AEW logic that they're not allowed in the arena because they can't be trusted. Eddie Kingston did did mention that in his promo. I just I, I skipped over that. So Daniel Garcia is allowed in. Jericho points out that he makes more than the security guard makes, or makes more in a day than the security guard makes in a year. Security is unfazed. Jericho points out that they're, they're, they're choosing to leave. They're not being forced to leave. And that Jake Hager could take out all of them if they wanted to, which is probably true. Chris Jericho is still one of the GOAT pr- promos of the GOAT of the GOAT, man. He's so yes. good. Hook is being interviewed, quote-unquote, backstage. And then he turns a corner into a room where Danhausen has crushed a bunch of chips and strewn them across the floor. And he says, oh, how do you like me now? Is, your chi- is this how you like your chips? And Hook then shoves him into the wall, uh, holds an arm in, in front of him, and says, you want my attention? You got it now. He sounded like such a badass when he said it, too. Just the way that he said it. And um, Danhausen sold it perfectly because he's pinned up against the wall. And just the look on his face, he's like, I fucked up. Yeah. So this is this is um, the like 10th grader who on a dare has been picking on the the or has been trying to like pick on the the high school quarterback like classic uh, and and like trying to, and do it in like a, a comedy way so he'll never actually he'll never actually do anything and then he decided to do something and now dan Housen's reconsidering his life choices i just like said like i said on the uh when we were going over the other the uh, uh dynamite review i just really hope that they give this match at least a little bit of time like there's no way in hell dan Housen should win this but just give him an opportunity to show what he can do yeah, like get get some solid match and don't you know sit there and give the typical two minute hook squash match. Nah, man, give these guys at least you know well, eight or I nine. Think Kyle minutes. mentioned before, like this could be Pac and Orange Cassidy. That's what this reminds me of. Yeah, it's Pac and Orange Cassidy. I think they should give it that level of seriousness, even yeah, if it's on sure. TV. I think Pac was a little more uh, like I think he was a bigger name than Hook is, but I think right now, especially Hook, is way more over. Yeah. Oh, the crowd loves Hook. So, 
Lance Archer, accompanied by Jake Roberts. It's nice to see Jake Roberts back. Taking on Serpentico. Serpentico hits a suicide dive and goes to celebrate it, not realizing that he not realizing that he didn't knock Lance Archer over. <laughs> I love Penico. He's such a dork. I, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Luther, but Penico, man, he can go too. He's just such an awkward dude. And against Lance Archer, that's yeah, that's amazing. Um so Lance Archer slams him into the apron and then back into the ring. He hits a couple. Archer starts just to kill him. He hits a toss vertical suplex because that's just the thing. Blackout for the victory. And then in the post-match, he makes fun of the Powerbomb Symphony by hitting uh, the Chokeslam Symphony with just a comedic amount of violence on poor Sir Pentico's back. Oh, Pentico, he is going to be retiring early. The amount of punishment that dude takes on a weekly basis is disgusting. It, it really, like, being a jobber where your your job is put over Lance Archer just sounds like, like, I hope that they get double pay that week. It's it's the Spike Dudley treatment. That's all yeah. it is. It's a, you're a little scrawny dude. You're gonna, you're gonna be hurt. All, every like, story I've heard about Spike Dudley is that every minute that guy could be he was stoned or drunk and yeah. it makes so much sense considering what that guy got put through <laughs> when, yeah. he's, when he told vince mcmahon to fuck off on shane mcmahon's cell phone oh, that's for another podcast we'll talk about <laughs> that on another podcast but <laughs> kyle go on daniel garcia eddie kingston what was interesting is how physical these matches were back to back to back and i didn't really get i didn't get bored of them it was it was it was it's interesting that they didn't really change the pay, change, have a change of pace match, but this was just more very physical wrestling. Kingston's firing off chops. Garcia gets back into it with some wrestling, but it's very physical. He's ramming his knees into Gar- Kingston's ribs, really trying to wear him down. He hits a, an octagon stretch at one point to, to sort of wear down the, the center of gravity of Eddie Kingston. Both fighters are firing back and forth at each other. They both bite each other in the corner. Just tons of strikes. Garcia hits a German suplex for two at one point. Kingston hits a middle rope knee strike. Then Garcia locks in a Boston Crab. Kingston finally makes the ropes. He fires, fires off an Enziguri, and then an Exploder, which gets a two count. And then it's a backdrop suplex, finally hitting the spinning back fist to pick up the victory. This is about, probably about 10 minutes or so of very solid physical wrestling between these two. And in the post-match, Kingston pulls off Garcia's belt. And he starts just sort of whipping it into the ground. And then he he picks up Garcia's head and makes him look at the camera and said, this isn't for you. This isn't for you. Tell it. Uh, this is going to be for Jericho. This whipping's for Jericho. Tell your boss what's coming for him. And he just sort of tosses him down. And Kingston walks away. I am ready for Kingston Jericho, too. Let me tell you. Yes. Yes. Um, that, that please that please put that in a cage. Yeah. I can see that. That would be good. That would be good because it would keep... That would also help the stipulation yeah. to keep uh, the, the Appreciation Society out of the way. I'm see? for it, man. Yeah. I, I dig it. I actually thought that uh, Garcia got a lot more offense in this match than he probably realistically should have. 
I think it's just it's one of those things that Kingston part of his the the style of wrestling for Kingston is that he doesn't give up like his it's his resilience is sort of a big thing so it really is nice because it allows the other person to fire off some offense and then just see Kingston rally back from it I just think that if Kingston and Garcia met up outside in the road (laughs) Kingston would absolutely murder that poor little dude (laughs) there's there's a an element for Kingston of can't go back yeah, for sure. Don't fight. Don't ever get into a fight with a person who can't go back. Also, there's a life lessons for you, for you kids out there. Um, <laughs> don't fight a person who who can't go back. And remember, there's always more of the locals than there are of the you. So don't get into a fight somewhere else. And everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, this, this is getting dark. Tony is in the back with Britt Baker. Jamie Hader and Tony Storm. Baker does her usually stick shtick of how uh, Hader's going to beat her in the first round, and she's going to win the tour. And then we you know one of the two of them is going to win the tournament. And Tony Storm is very dismissive. I, I do like Tony Storm's pro, uh, promo attitude, which is very much like far too cool to even be in this conversation. I, I see. She that. Was, I'm on the opposite side. Of that. See, I, I I'm actually I'm with Kyle because it's like. I didn't really like that in uh, when she was NXT either. It was just like she's kind of dismissive of everything, and it's like, and honestly, like she's not a bad wrestler. Like she she can work, but I think right now, unfortunately, you know, she's kind of more known for her ring gear than uh, some of the the feuds that she's been in. Uh, I mean, I, I I hope that I hope that this match is everything it's supposed to be because like Jamie Hader really needs this too. Yes. Like, she really needs a big match. And I feel like the opening round of this tournament really is an opportunity for both these ladies to have this, like, great... And I really hope they do it as, like, a main event on Rampage. Give them 15 minutes to just kill each other. Yes. Because they both can work. And they've yes. both got that UK style. And they're 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 going to be... I think it's going to be a great, uh, a great show. You know, I think that I want to see Hater win. But I don't think she's going to. No. It's going to be Tony Storm, and I think that kind of buries Hater. It's it's hard because like Hater's a, a character that's supposed to be the muscle of this group, and she's taken a lot of losses. Unless the way they set it up is sit there, have the old mean girl Britt Baker get pissed off at Hater for continuing to lose and not being up to snuff, and then they do, and then they do Britt Baker versus Jamie Hater. I guess you could do that at this point, Kyle. Yeah, I'd be for that. Let's move on. We're moving on with previewing Dynamite next week. Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida are having a Philly Street fight, which, yes. Please, like, I don't even want this to even be a, even begin to be a match. Just let them beat the crap out of each other with weapons. I think it's going to be everything that it needs to be. They, they can both go. Deeb's a legend. Yeah. Sheet is oh, yeah. a legend. Like, yeah. it's going to be a good match. Dax Harwood versus Cash Wheeler. Oh, I'm so excited for this match. This one is going to steal the show. Or it's going to be a wet fart. But it's Sam- going to steal the show. Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky in a ladder match. Like, these two are both great in ladder matches. Yeah. Yeah, I just hope it's... I hope this is the, this yes. is the end. Yes. 
Yes, because it's the same. I keep I hoping so too, but Lance Archer versus Wardlow, which hopefully that's good. Yeah, a uh, fight, a potential yeah. fight of the year. Put the and, put the TNT strap on Wardlow. Oh yeah, before that, and Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, and Red Dragon versus Wait for It, Dante Martin, Varsity Blondes, Lee Johnson, and Brock Anderson. Oh, oh the job oh, squad. Oh no. <laughs> And also Julia Hart is there being super creepy. Alexa Bliss 2.0. That girl terrifies me. Anyway. Um, Alistair Black is going to steal her soul and it's going to be horrible. Anyway. The Mark Henry interview happened. There's not much to say about it. Oh, I forgot about this. Uh, what happened before this? So there was a video package put together. Sort of, I think this is like a rebranding attempt on Tony Storm. Smart Mark Sterling was such a good move for him, and I feel like this pairing is going to work. I can see it happening. It could work. Tony needs a new character. And Tony needs the whole thing, like his whole thing is he doesn't just let him go, let his wrestling do the talking, and let Smart Mark Sterling do the talking for him. Yeah. He is, like, the video package shows off all of his ability. He's hitting 450 splashes. He's got all of the power moves down. He's got he's a great submission wrestler. He's he's the total package. Honestly, if Nice was, if he was, like, I say four or five inches taller, he could have been a McMahon guy. Otherwise, he got 100%. stuck on 205 Live. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Mark Henry, nothing really to say here. Marina Shafir... Uh, Jade Cargill is her usual level of dismissive, and uh, Marina Shafir tells her she's going to take her down. Match, TBS Championship. This was really good. That's good, because Marina doesn't have exactly a great track record. I will say, though, her look is fantastic right now. This, so she is she comes down rocking the, the Moldovan flag sweater. Gets into her her sort of uh, MMA inspired gear. She looks fantastic in this. She, uh, Cargill comes out. She's got the baddie section, Red Velvet and Kira Hogan among. And Shafir starts out by firing off some strikes, but she continues to get outpowered by Cargill. At one point, Cargill hits her fallaway slam and then a kip up, and then Cargill clotheslines Shafir outside. At which point, Red Velvet and the baddies section start throwing popcorn on her. <laughs> and then Sterling distracts the ref, which allows Red Velvet to lay in some strikes on Shafir. And Jake Cargill chops her down and poses with her baddies section. Back into the ring, we get a back suplex, which gets a two count. At which point, Marina Shafir starts to cut down Cargill. She had started to do this early on but the strikes clearly targeting the legs starting to work. She's getting her to drop to a knee at one point, continuing to cut her down a few times. But it, the story of this match is Cargill just keeps firing back with big offense. She hits a big power slam, which gets a two count. Then Shafir finally starts to make her comeback. She, with a lot of leg targeting, she locks in a heel hook, manages it to turn it into a knee bar. Cargill only barely makes the ropes, rolls outside. Shafir... Gets annoyed by Smart Mark Sterling and just hits her at him with a judo toss. <laughs> which, obviously, uh, Mark Sterling sold brilliantly. 
Shafir starts getting jawjacking with the batty section and turns straight into a pump kick. And then Cargill goes to the announce table and choke slams or the timekeeper table and choke slams Marina Shafir through it. And this looked so painful. The, the table didn't give right away and then it gave and it just looked it looked like it hurt so much. The old I am the table spots just they, they gotta suck so bad. Back into the ring, Cargill tries to pin her with the, the foot on the chest, but Shafir counters it into a heel hook. Finally, Cargill is able to kick her way out of it and he hits Jaded for the victory. I keep saying this, but this is the best Jade Cargill match I've seen so far, and I'm so happy that Marina Shafir actually had a match to show out. This was good. Well, yeah, because, I mean, whatever she showed on WWE was not good, so it's clearly she's been putting the work in. Like I said, her look has improved a lot. Obviously, uh, you know, she got herself in incredible shape, and she looks dangerous now. So, I mean, it's uh, I think that's good for her. She has the MMA credentials. She's worked it into her wrestling style in a way that she just really hadn't before. It looks it looks like the pieces are here for her to have a real opportunity to, if not be a star, at least be a solid worker. And between you know the Serena Deves and uh, and you know Hikaru Shida, all the people, uh, now Leela Hirsch seems to be rising into this into this element as well. There's a lot of good like middle mid card women's workers that are building a very solid. Um, undercard in that that women's division, which is great to see. Yeah. And now just give us some TV time to actually yes. make you know put start putting this stuff on dynamite and actually get some more eyes on the product. Yeah, 100%. Um, this gets I don't know what to give this this show. I'll say four and a half. There's nothing really offending me here. A lot of it was a very physical day, but I'm never unhappy with with some good old Quavash and physical wrestling, especially between these ones. And, yeah, it looks like you're getting an interesting, albeit, who knows, Dynamite next week. I'm excited for Dynamite next week. Yeah, it's I am a good one. I am, too. It, it sounds like a good one. Rylan, Come. why don't you tell the people about the social medias that they can go to? You can find us on Twitter at at WNWallop, on Instagram at WNWallop, on Facebook. Just type in Wednesday Night Wallop, look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. That's That's us. That's 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 as us as we're gonna get. On uh, Twitter, you can find me personally at, at @ryam sport report. Um, Kyle, why don't you give the fine folks your uh, Twitter and then uh, tell us a little bit more about ASPWA. All right, uh, you can find me on Twitter at legendary KJ that is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J you can find ASPWA Wrestling on Twitter at ASPWA Wrestling we have our YouTube channel for ASPWA we had our first ever ASPWA Wrestle Night we have champions I don't know if Rylan if you've seen it I, I am going to watch it as soon as we finish so I won't spoil anything but uh it's a good collection of champions. I can't wait to start building the, the promotion up from here. Uh, we've got a lot of great wrestlers on it. It's it's going to be good. I, I'm very excited about it. we got a solid hour of, of wrestling in, and so we'll be back at it again next Tuesday. So if you're, if you're listening to this, every Tuesday we should be on there. So just uh, keep an eye out on the YouTube page. 
watching the Twitter and I will let you know when we're going to be live. And if you can't catch it live, it'll be on YouTube. That's the great thing about YouTube. It's true. It's true. Cool. You can catch me at uh, Hollywood. That's H uh, A W L E Y Wood seven eight eight at uh, Twit on Twitter. Uh, I'm not super active much anymore, but uh, you know, if you want to give a follow, be be my guest. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I, how was your first experience on Wednesday Night Wall? Oh, it was good. I'm uh, much drunker than I am usually on the uh, any 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 type of night, but uh, I think it was a good experience anyway. And uh, we could watch some good wrestling, have some good conversations. So all in all, it's pretty good. Excellent. Kyle, send the people home happy. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been welcome. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.